we as Bronx Femme promote health and fit, health and wellness, not just in our little running community, but you know, when we run the streets, there are people, one time this woman was like, oh, I wasn't, I, I was, I can't do what you're doing. There, she was like, I was gonna get surgery. And we're like, no, you can do this, you can do this, right? So like, it's not just for folks to come out and run to the community, but it's also to show the Bronx that um, we could run. Because we're running in the hoods. We're running in all the premises of the Bronx, right? So um, I really hope that Bronx Femme is inspiring people because um, there's someone always saying, because this isn't normal to see runners in the Bronx, right? So when they see us, they're always like, they always, they're always like, what is going on? Like, we're, we're like, we're like, you know, breaking necks out here. Um, so again, like, I really hope people see us, join us, talk about us, um, to further promote health and wellness in the Bronx, because that is so important right now, especially right now, especially with the pandemic, it's so important. That is Michelle Wynn and Amy Ortiz. I am Leanne Sherrick, and on behalf of my co-host, Chris Chavez, welcome to episode 46 of the Runners of NYC podcast on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network. Our guests for this episode are Michelle Wynn and Amy Ortiz. They are both Bronx residents and two of the founders of Bronx Femme Run. The group's mission statement says, they aim to create a space where all women run free. They meet on the first Friday of every month and connect women from all across the city, and specifically the Bronx. In this episode, we'll learn how the group came to be, what they're doing to build that safe space, and how they're resetting and regaining momentum after the coronavirus pandemic hit their respective communities. This group is fairly new, so we hope you enjoy getting to know them. Without further ado, here is Michelle and Amy. All right, now we welcome on Amy Ortiz and Michelle Nguyen onto the podcast, two of the co-founders of the Bronx Femme Run. So, you you know, what's really fun about this podcast is that we try and do our research on our guests and sort of the groups and like um, anything that they're involved in. And you guys are just so new to the scene because, you know, there's not a lot out there. So to start, let's just introduce, I guess, the two of you first and since we weren't able to have everyone on the same Zoom call, um, who else is a part of like the founding group? So I'm Michelle Wynn, um, and along with Amy, the other co-founders are Monica Vargas, um, Giselle, don't know her name, Giselle Moo, IG, and uh, Carla, don't know her Kara. last name. <laughs> um, so I came with the idea maybe a year ago, um, just being, because I'm one of the co-founders for the Bronx Nomads, one of the, one of the few running groups in the Bronx, and I was just seeing that there weren't a lot of um, female leadership um, in the spaces I was in, right? I know there are other groups um, that are female-headed, but in the space I was in, like, for the Bronx Running Division with other running groups such as um, Miles Styles, Boogie Down Bronx, um, Bronx Soul, um, I and my other co-founder were usually the only females. Um, and you know, they're great people, but you know, it's, it's nice to be in a space where you see other people that are like you. Um, so I was just kind of like, Hey, like, I, I think there should be a space for women, but I don't want to do it alone. I feel like I want to do it with other women that are also from the Bronx and are running. Um, and I thought of 
of Amy, I thought of Monica, I thought of Giselle, I thought of um, Carla, just because they were also um, members in their writing group and they were members that always participated, right? Because I met Amy through Nomads, like, hey, like, this girl is dope. Like, I think she would be a great person to work with to start this all-female running group. Um, so Amy can add on more as I move my dog. <laughs> um, so, I mean, as you know, in the running community within New York, it's a lot of men that are leading a lot of these running groups. And that, nothing wrong with that, but what you don't see is um, – are women that are leading running groups, or you do see them, but just very like sporadically or just like here and there. Um, and you don't see a lot of women of color or black women or brown women. Um, and there are, thankfully, we have uh, Giselle from Start Line with Yamara that are leading another Bronx running group by Bank Cortland Park. Um, but we wanted to create a space where we can bring like the Bronx has a really tight knit Bronx, like running group, uh, you know, the Bronx running division, but we all work so siloed. So we wanted to create this space where we can like welcome all the women or anyone that identifies as a woman into one location and one running um, group to just run together and get to know each other. Cause when I was going, I started with the Bronx Nomads in May of 2019, which is not that long ago. I would go to these running events and like all the women would stick to the people that they knew. And this was like breaking the ice. Bronx Femme Run was created to just like meet, hey, like meet Nicole from Boogie Down Bronx to meet like Monica from Bronx Nomads who's also a co-founder. So it's just like us getting to know the women of the Bronx and also, also just opening up a space that's welcoming, making it feel safe um, of all running, like wherever people were in their running journeys to just come and participate and like either run, walk or run. We weren't competitive. There were no egos. There was just, let's just have fun. Let's laugh. And we blast music while we're running and we're running through the streets and we're running through like areas of the Bronx that you don't normally see runners, right? Like this is not the West side highway. This isn't the East side. Um, you know, it's just like we're running through the streets of the Bronx with the cars. And you, and I think like one of our first and our second run was just like, it proved to us that this is what we wanted to do when people were cheering us on on the street. Women were stopping us, like, can I run with you guys? Can I walk with you guys? We had mothers with babies wanting to participate. We had people with dogs that came to our run. So, like, seeing that there was this need missing, um, we, you know, this, this grew into the Bronx Femme Run. And, um, it's just been amazing to see it grow, even in spite of coronavirus. You know, I think that we're slowly coming back very safely through uh, making sure people are saying that's doing that right. But um, it's a really tight knit circle of women, not just from the Bronx. We also get people from the Upper West Side and the Upper East Side joining our runs. Um, so it's just been, um, it's been amazing. It's also this. This group's also important because we want to create a safe space, right? Because um, my other co-founder of Bronx Nomads, Lisa, I asked her when I first met her, I said, hey, like, why do you want to create a running group in the Bronx, you know, in the Norwood, Bedford area? And she said her first answer was, because I don't feel safe, right? And that's something really real that we have to think about as women. Um, so I think I wanted, that also was something in my mind, like creating a space to make it safe for women to run because... I can't run at 9 p.m. by myself. Like, I'm too scared, 
right? And also even in the morning, I can't run at 5 a.m. by myself. I'm too scared, right? So this space is not just for, you know, female empowerment, not just for um, fitness, right? But it's also like create a space that's safe and to show women that, you know, there is a space for you to run in the Bronx, you know, the unhealthiest world of New York, and that it's women of all ranges, right? We had a woman with a four-year-old kid come out, right? So that was just the vision of um, Bronx Femme. And it's, like Amy said, it's grew to something very special and that people are, like, demanding us to come back during <laughs> COVID. Um, so um, I'm sure Amy and I really, and the rest of us are really glad that um, women are feeling empowered by this running group. Yeah, I think it's runner safety and especially women being safe while running is such a huge issue. And I mean, we have runner safety week every year. And so I really liked from looking at your um, posts about your runs that you would say like, yes, we offer bag check, everyone's welcome. And then even safety precautions, like, you know, there will be no headphones. Um, You know, if you're running at night, bring gear. So what have you guys done specifically to, you know, make people feel safe or put those policies in place? I can speak to that because I am like the person that's always like, no headphones. Uh, make sure you're wearing lights. Make sure you're wearing reflective gear. Um, I have the music, so don't worry about like lack of music. People always feel like they need music to run, but when you're in the company of really great women, you don't really need music, right? Because you're running along people that you enjoy running with. And, and people pretty much buddy up while we're running. No one really runs alone. Um, Except for like now, we're asking people to wear masks when they're running, be cautious of their surroundings. Things are a little different on the street. In the midst of, there's a lot more people on the street, especially on the sidewalks. We're running on the street uh, and just being super cautious. But yeah, we also make sure people are like hyper aware of their surroundings. We don't leave anyone behind. That's our number one rule. We wait. If someone really falls behind, we wait. We will wait for them at the light. Um, and we finish together. That's, I mean, it's, it's very simple, right? But not enough groups do that. Like, I've, I've been to running uh, events where I'm like, whoa, I was totally left behind. I was like, oh, I guess I'll figure out how to get to the meeting spot. Uh, but like, here's just like, I just really believe in no headphones. And I think that like, you just don't know who's beeping at you. You don't know who's following you, who's on a bike. I, you know, I think with like e-scooters, there's just, they don't follow the rules of the streets. So it's just like making sure no one gets ran over as well. Um, but yeah, there's always music in each of our runs. So we make sure to bring that for, for the crew. Um, and with COVID, we're not doing any bag checks. So we're asking people just come ready to run. I think everyone uh, has been respectful of that. But Michelle led on a bike and so did Monica. And they've kind of been like our small back check um kind of go to people um and we'll see how that goes in the future also during the runs um we're very good at if it's if we're going too fast pre-covid um amy would be like you're going too fast you know so we slow it down i think if we see someone kind of light we wait or we just stop at the light so i guess um amy's really hyper aware about that and um she kind of makes sure that we're running together and even this past, the last one, the last run, run we had, it was like two weeks ago. Um, I don't know why, but the group I was in, the run walk group, we were just together the whole time. Like no one ran faster. 
I don't know. I, I was just like, all right, I was on a bike, so I was keeping my distance. But we really just ran together um, the whole time, and then, which was really neat, I feel. You know, I think it's like us being like in a pack, the very tribal of us to run together. I don't know, like it, even during that, it was pretty cool. But again, we still waited at lights. We weren't rushing to beat any lights. Um, like Amy said, like no one's racing. So we don't have, you know, that person who runs in the very front and like, where do I go? You know, we really have a very um, neat setup with five, you know, five pacers. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of check-ins, making sure people feel good. No one feels like they're moving too slow. There's no guilt. So I, I do always make sure while I'm in the middle of the pack, and I use, sometimes I'm the caboose depending on the running event that I'm in or that we're doing and who's leading. Uh, I, I do a temperature check. You know, if people are like feeling, if there's a lot of hills, we're stopping at stoplight. Like we're gonna stop at the stop sign, we're gonna stop at the light, because the Bronx is really hilly. I, I always say like, if you want the best hill workouts, just come to the Bronx, we're sh we'll show you where all the hills are, and we usually hit them all. Um, so, you know, I think that, like we just make sure to stick together and watch out for each other, and uh, we wait for each other when we finish together. So one thing about like the runner safety conversation that I think like has taken place over just the course of years, like it's something that um, is just commonplace, but the particular blind spot that I feel like has been highlighted recently has definitely been runner safety while being a person of color. And then on top of that, it's being a woman of color. How have you been processing the past couple months of sort of those conversations now coming to the forefront and taking place? I can I can speak to that because I'm I consider myself black. I'm also you know I'm Puerto Rican, so I consider myself Afro Latina within the running community. And I wish there were more black and brown women in the running community, or just like making sure that it's a safe space for them. Um, I live in Morris Park in the Bronx. It's like split. I I run in like predominantly white neighborhoods, you know, and I make sure I run during the day. And I make sure I don't run the same streets too many times. So it's just crazy because it just becomes this automatic thing like, oh, I ran down Bogart. Let me not run down Bogart again. You know, let me run down Lydig today. Let me run down this way. Just because I don't want people to be like, oh, that person's been running down the street. Maybe she's watching out for our house. Um, so I think for me, I just, I let people know when I'm about to go on a run. Uh, I I actually share my location with a couple friends when I go on runs to make sure that I'm being safe. But even navigating those conversations in the running community, I, I mean, I am proud of like all the leaders I've seen come out of this. Um, and I hope to see more women leaders come up on top of these conversations as well. And not like, I'm not knocking anyone. Like I think we're Kofi boy, again, Instagram here, <laughs> means the Nova church is using like them using their platforms and their Instagram, um, uh, audience to like speak to this is important. I see like what Allison from Harlem run is doing is important. And I think it's important to continue having these conversations, especially in New York city when, you know, again, I had mentioned this earlier, it's a lot of cis men, male, white male that like dominate the running scene in New York. Um, but I think it's it's been great to see space being created, but it still needs to continue, right? It can't, like black lives still matter, 
even a month later, two months later, a year from now, and 10 years from now. We need to continue having these conversations and they are uncomfortable to have in the running community because we don't, I think people like to think that they don't see color when it comes to running, but let's be real, there's color when it comes to running. Um, yeah, when, um, you know, the Ahmed shooting happened, uh, I'm really bad at names, but um, I think with an affiliate of Bridge Runners, a person led wellness check-ins via Zoom and teaching us about, you know, because it's time and because we're all runners, um, some, some wellness check-ins, um, some breath work, some mind work. And um, it was a bunch of leaders in the New York running community. And, um, you know, Kofi was there. And um, there was only three women in the, in the Zoom. So it was like 12 of us with, you know, Joe Shane, with um, all these people, like all, all these people you all know, right? But there were only three women. So again, like just kind of echo what um, Amy said, like it would have been nice to have more women in this space. I know we were like processing and being very thoughtful and trying to reflect and be mindful, but I was also just thinking like, wow, there's only three women, I'm one of them, like, you know? And um, the other woman was Willpower's wife and Maria from Rianca's project, and that's it, right? And then we had it again next, we had it, it was another, another um, it was every Monday. Had again, um, same thing, um, you know, there was more women, but not nowhere more than 50% or 40%. And I saw Maria from Yonka's project, um, and I said, hey, I never met her before. I was like, hey, Maria, um, I never met you before, but you were on the Zoom last week. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it was really dope, it was dope. But she was like, so where was all the women, right? Um, so I, I love seeing all this activism and all this mindfulness um, that, you know, the running community is doing. I think it's great. Um, but like Amy said, I really wish there, um, I hope more women speak up and more women come into these spaces. Um, because again, like the goal of Bronx Femme was, you know, to create a space for women, to have women leadership and, um, still not happening <laughs> today. So I think that would be important for like what's happening right now. Like we need more folks to speak up. Um, I know people are speaking up in the community. I just, I'm just saying I want more. I want everyone to speak up. So I want to take it to the first time that you guys thought of the first Friday. Now, what were the feelings like that first Thursday? So I'm guessing that's July 4th, 2019, the night before, before you guys are going to get together for your first run. I mean, are you thinking who's going to show up to this? Like, is it just going to be a handful of people? What were your, what were your thoughts? <laughs> I, I, don't, I think, well, first bag check. <laughs> um, my, I work at an all girls school and, um, I asked my volleyball players to be back check. Um, so I was like, ooh, they're always late to practice. I hope they come tomorrow on time. And they did not come on time. <laughs> so that was something that went through my head. Uh, but I also didn't have any expectations for it. I was just like, you know what, if Amy, Monica, Giselle, and Carla shows up, like we're good, we're out. You know, we're gonna run together. I like these people, I know them. But um, we had a lot of people come out. We had someone from Queens come out. Um, so that's it. It was um, a very nice feeling. I was excited. I was anxious. I was like curious to see who was going to show up. Um, and it, it also, like, just to be 100% transparent, I hadn't really worked with Giselle or Carla. So this was probably the, the first time to be in the space with, you know, um, Carla and Giselle from Bronx Soul 
also partaking in co-organizing Bronx Femme Run. And um, it was where we learned, like, letting people know, like, hey, it's okay. You don't need to run. It's okay if you join the run walkthrough. Um, it's where we learn how to pace. It's where we learn to check in on temperatures. When we learn to tell people, slow down. We're running together. We're not speeding to the next light. You know, and like we made sure we had some in the front, in the back. Uh, we had someone, we figured out we really did need a run walk crew too. Like we couldn't all just run. Um, but it was, it was beautiful. It was amazing. It was really hot. <laughs> July and August are the sweatiest months to run in New York City. Um, music was brought in that first run. So from then on, it was always with music. Um, but it was, it was really wonderful because then August came and we had like, I think 42 women show up, right? 42 women came to our run in August, our wow. second run. That's a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It was also our, yeah, we also ran one of the hilliest routes we've ever done, yeah. which was, it was um, High Bridge. We oh. ran to the High Bridge bridge that leads to um, the Heights uptown uh it was really hill it was just straight hills and it was my fault i had created the route and i told people they can be mad at me but i feel like everyone felt super accomplished because we had runners that hadn't run like things like this or haven't been able to run like a mile without stopping like they were running with us and they were like saying oh i haven't been able to do this on my own or i have never been able to do this it was like amazing to see like all the things that people were able to accomplish by the second run yeah and then we learned yeah. to run routes before so the next the next run amy and i all right we, we met up um and we ran it we're like all right all right, all right. we know where to turn the corners we like we're like okay we'll, have to, we'll stop at, we'll stop here um so it was a big learning experience. Have you guys been able to like get creative with routes? I know a couple times you would run to like a significant mural or a place and you start at Yankee Stadium. Is there any like forethought of routes or where you start? So Carla Carrera, who is, you know, she's not with us today, but she is in charge of all the running routes. So she creates a run walk route and uh walk a running route and we I kind of I always look at the elevation because I want to know what I'm in for <laughs> and I kind of like know what she's doing uh but we always find like a mural to always take a picture at we want to rep the Bronx hard and we love the Bronx like that's something we will we love the Bronx <laughs> so we want to make sure we're like representing the beauty of the Bronx and all of our runs. So we always find a mural along the route to take a picture at and share. And to add on with that, um, the Bronx is the greenest borough. Um, people don't know that. Um, so for the last route, we act for the for my group. Well, I plan to have them hit each park, like St. Mary's and the park. Um, the bikers didn't show up, so that route didn't end up happening but I also wanted to highlight the parks. And that's also what Carla does too. She lives in the area, she runs a box zone, they know that area. Um, so she also has a highlight the beat of the Bronx as well. And Giselle loves community partnerships. So one of our friends, she made sure to talk to um, La Morada. Well, sorry, I'm saying it really bad. La um, yes. But um, they are big on anti-deportation. Um, and they, I wasn't there, but, um, 
they made sure to meet the owner, the cook. So Giselle's really big on like community partnership and exposing um, Bronx folks to restaurants in the neighborhood that are doing great work. So Not 62 is something that I probably should have known about like for, for a while, but it really, I guess, came to like, I learned about it from the podcast that we did with Nova Church. And so he was talking about how much that plays into his motivation to get people within the community active. For you guys, how, how much of a role does that play for you, especially hearing from people sometimes like, oh, you know, I, this is the first time I've done 5K or like a completed a mile. So how, how much do you guys think of that when it comes to what it is that you want to accomplish with the group? So um, for me, Bronx Nomad started because of that. Like how do we, how do we, how do we get the Bronx more active? And that's because I originally am a Bronx soul and they were promoting Not 62. So um, that's when the Nomad started. But to think about it today, like today, coronavirus, you know, killed the Bronx, right? We had double as much death rate um, than Manhattan. And all of that is because of pre-existing conditions like diabetes, like, um, like high blood pressure, like obesity, um, like asthma. And that's all because of Bronx history um, after the 1950s, you know, of the economic um, coming down and everything. And like the Bronx is dwindling down. Like in the 1930s, the Bronx was really beautiful. The Bronx had factories. The Bronx was a, a very, very nice place. Like Edgar Allan Poe lived in the Bronx, right? But 1950s and down, the Bronx started to, you know, economically decline. And that led to lots of health um, issues, pre-existing conditions that killed a lot of people today, right? So for me, um, as a Bronx teacher, as a leader, as an organ- organizer for Bronx, I'm like, that's really important for me um, to promote health and fitness um, because that is a way to combat future conditions or pandemics or anything, right? Um, I think people say not 62, and people talk about how the Bronx is an unhealthy world, but I think, I really hope people see how this number really impacted the Bronx today, right? Um, so that is something um, that I'm really passionate about. Um, I'm a teacher, so I taught summer school, and I made my kids work out every day. And I'm like, so why are you working out? Why, like, I really, you know, so, Again, like just really hoping um, we, as Bronx Femme, promote health and fit, health and wellness, not just in our little running community, but you know when we run the streets, there are people. One time, this woman was like, "Oh, I wasn't. I, I was. I, I can't do what you're doing." There, she was like, "I was gonna get surgery," and we're like, "No, you can do this. You can do this, right?" So like, it's not just for folks to come out and run to the community, but it's also to show the Bronx that um, we could run. Cause we're running in the hoods. We're running in all the crevices of the Bronx, right? So um, I really hope that Bronx fam is inspiring people. Um, cause there's someone always saying, cause this isn't normal to see runners in the Bronx, right? So when they see us, they're always like, they always, they're always like, what is going on? Like we're, we're like, we're like, you know, breaking necks out here. Um, so again, like I really hope people see us, join us, talk about us. Um, to further promote health and wellness in the Bronx so that is so important right now, especially right now, especially with the pandemic. It's so important. And I think, I mean, just, just to touch on like what Michelle was saying, like we were hardest hit by the, you know, by COVID-19 because we have the essential workers that were going into the city, right? They were, they were doing the work that, that 
while like New York City half of it left when you look at the cell phone service and all like the data that came out afterwards, the central workers were going from the Bronx to do that job and then coming home and unfortunately bringing it back home. And also like we happen to have like some of the poorest districts in the country. We have one of the largest um, distribution centers in the world and a lot of that food doesn't even come to the Bronx. So if you look at the Bronx, we have an immense amount of food deserts. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's surprising that like Fresh Direct started delivering it in the Bronx after so much pressure because their distribution, distribution center is right off of Hunts Point. Um, but it's just, I, when I look at Bronx Farm Run, it's not just for the current running community, it's for those that don't think they can run, but can run. Right, we want to like be able to give people hope that they can get out there in the streets, and if they're running and walking, then that's all that matters. If they can get to running, awesome. But if they can get to moving and getting out of the house and getting active, that is what matters. And then that will bridge the gap to like health and wellness and making that accessible. So we want to make it accessible to people. We don't want them to feel like, oh, they don't have the right running sneakers. They don't have the right running gear. Like get out there in a t-shirt and shorts and whatever you have, we'll figure out the rest. Um, it's, I just want women to see us and say like, they can do it, so I can do it too. And it's not like, we don't just have one type. We have all different types of women you know we we have all different body types all different shades of skin and like michelle was saying we're breaking necks out there because people are like well what what's that group that just ran by me you know we're not we're running because of our health and we're representative of the bronx so therefore we want to welcome people with open arms not really right now but we want to welcome people with socially distanced open arms to join us or participate in what we're hoping to create in the future yeah, I want to give a shout out to Carla and Giselle because they always made sure to say, okay, we need to run walkthrough. Like, we'll have, you know, I was like, what if, you know, only five people show up? And they're like, we must have a, one rock, a run walkthrough, right? Um, because they were like, everyone needs to feel welcome and they are always willing to be with them. Like, no, I'll be with them. I'll be in the back. I'll, I'll, they were always like sweeping, and that's so important to have folks in the um, organization that's willing to do that because they also want to make sure that literally everyone's welcomed, right? Um, and you know, they got that from Bronx Soul, so shout out to Bronx Soul for you know making sure everyone feels welcomed as well. Um, I just want to highlight what Amy was saying. It's like not only is it like the most essential work is coming from the Bronx um, and the food deserts, but um, Business Insider also had an article in a video that said, like, the Bronx hospitals are the worst rated, right? So that's also something to think about, like, it's food deserts, it's asthma, it's worst rated hospitals, right? So it's like, how can we as organizers in the Bronx um, ensure that health and wellness is important and that um, we, we promote it in, by any means necessary because, like, this will literally help them um, from getting any other conditions, right? Cause you know, the hospital don't, don't got you, right? The, the supermarkets don't got you. So it's like, all right, let's really promote health and fitness. Um, and again, like Amy was saying like, yes, like we wanna be um, just showing people that we're out here. Like, I don't know, if, I don't, I don't, I wanna say like hope, right? I think everyone has, um, I think everyone has it inside them and they see and they wanna run, right? Um, 
but I think I just want them to see us because running is so not normal in the Bronx, especially the South Bronx. It's not normal at all. And not only is Fresh Direct finally delivering, but City Bikes just started having more um, stations in the Bronx. Still very minimal. I think there's only three, right? So again, like I just want us and the other running communities in the Bronx um, to really just be like, or like we are um, visible. That's it. Like I want us to be visible in the Bronx. And my hope is that they want to, they want to join us or that they're like, hey, maybe I should go on a walk today, right? They don't have to run. Maybe I should go on a walk today. Maybe I should, you know, park a little farther and walk to the grocery store, right? Like I don't really, I don't, my goal wasn't to have a group of runners. Like I'm not trying to be deep at new runners. That's not what I'm about. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to box and qualify all these people. Like, no, that's not happening. It's just that we are visible in the Bronx and in that, and you know, visibility in that way um, inspires people in their own way, right? Like they might be like, oh, like maybe I'll, you know, I'll eat some, I'll eat some broccoli today. You know, cause I don't, I don't, it's not about running. It's about health and wellness, fitness. Um, and that comes in many forms. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that visibility is extremely important. And so it was kind of, you know, it was horrible when COVID happened. And then this, all of these groups, including you guys who were like fairly new and had this great message and wanted to get people out there. And then, you know, you couldn't actually be out there physically. So how did the momentum change once everyone was quarantined? And how did you keep, you know, your members and people that ran with you? How did you keep them motivated? And like, what did you want to get across to them during that time? Go ahead, Amy. You were a I, social media <laughs> I, I, well, before COVID, we had International Women's Day happen. It was uh, March 8th. It was, a, I mean, it was a huge event. I don't know if you've if you've seen the pictures, we were able to get people from Manhattan, Queens, I think Staten Island, probably Long Island, Brooklyn was deep in, in, in there too, Harlem and the Bronx. And it was just all women. It was like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It's just like all these women from all these running groups and non-running groups coming together and running together. Um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> so it's just like the highs of the lows in a very short period of time and I think for us we just wanted to keep reminding people to keep running you know uh mental health we know that mental health took a big toll on a lot of our members a lot of our members were hit by COVID-19 themselves um so although we couldn't be together we still wanted to motivate them to keep running virtually so we we were still hosting our our first friday of the month uh monthly virtual and asking them to tag us to wear their shirts to wrap us or just get out there for 30 minutes or do a 5k whatever you can do um you know and it's been proven like 30 minutes of any uh exercise outside improves your mental wellness so we just wanted to make sure that they were getting out there uh, but yeah, I mean, we went, like I said, we went from the high to the low and I think it kind of, it balanced out and we stayed in touch with a lot of our members. We checked in, we shared stories. Um, but it's like, even outside of Instagram, you know, outside of social media, we still interact with a lot of the women that are part of the group. Um, so 
it's just like texting or emailing. And a lot of them were also connecting with each other and doing social distance runs. Um, especially in March and April, it was very quiet in the Bronx. There weren't a lot of people on the street. So it was really actually a scary time to be running on your own. So you always wanted to make sure that you're running with somebody um, when you were ready to run with someone. Yeah, we still uh, made a flyer for the first Friday of every month. Giselle made really cool flyers. And like Amy said, we had them post us. Um, and we had a shirt order before COVID hit. <laughs> um, so we got the shirts very late, but um, we gave them out. Like Amy gave them out, um, I gave them out. And what was really nice is that they would wear their shirts and take pictures and tag us. So that was even cooler because we didn't have that much gear before. Um, we got the gear during COVID and we gave it out um, with social distance, of course. And, um, they still wore it. So it was really nice to see um, these women still doing their thing at their own time by themselves. <laughs> so what's the, before we move to the, the final questions that we ask every guest, what's the hope, I guess, for taking the group? It's obviously getting back to that high point. And from there, it's meeting once a month, first Friday of every month. Is this something that down the road you could see with a little bit more regularity? I know the responsibility that comes with managing a group and meeting constantly can sometimes be, you know, logistically tricky, but what, what's your guys' hope for where the group goes in, in the short time span that, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of a return to whatever normal is now? Well, we, we meet like every two weeks as an organizing team. And um, I forgot who they said, what if we do twice a week? Um, and we're like, I don't know, let's, let's ask the women, you know, democracy. And at the last <laughs> meetup, two weeks ago, we asked, like, how often would you all want to meet up, considering everything? And they're like, more than once a month. They're like, every week? And we're like, ooh. They're like, they actually oh. said twice a week. And we were like, wait, call that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely excited, and I think um, we're going to meet as an organizing team tomorrow, actually, at 6.30, and we're going to talk about, you know, should we do twice a month? Um, but we had so many goals pre-COVID, like, we were like, oh, let's, do a, let's, let's have a social after. Um, we had so many goals, right? And literally, like, Amy was, like, the lead on, you know, the All Women's Day Run, and there were so many people, right? So it, it was such a high... And then, darn, because we had we wanted to collab with um, Girls Run NYC, and then um, what last what last last Webonas, they just started in like what February. So, and I went and I was like, hey, we're gonna collab. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna collab. So we had so many like plans to collab with people, um, socials, and like future long runs for anyone that wanted to like do long runs that had never done a long run like doing it as a, as a crew um but you know covid classes. changed our fitness classes which were i think we're looking at to how can we do that safely right and yeah. how can we still bring things outside of running to our community whether it be pilates um strength strength training physical therapy like, so we're, we're exploring what that looks like in, in the time of coronavirus. Um, but yeah, like Michelle was saying, we wanted to collaborate with all the other women running groups that were out there 
to just highlight them and highlight ourselves and like show when we're, when we work together, we're stronger together. Um, but now, you know, we'll see what happens. I think we can still definitely do collaborations. It's just going to look very different than it, than it would have looked a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for like the, the strength training class of yoga, we also want to highlight Bronx women who are personal trainers, who are yoga instructors. Um, and we also want to continue the partnerships of like highlighting restaurants, highlighting women in the community. Um, so a lot more community work will have to be postponed. We'll miss you all women. We'll miss you. <laughs> I think we will get there. It just a little more time, hopefully. But I'm excited for you. It sounds like you have a lot of really cool ideas and things coming. I know you guys just got um, a city parks grant. So I think that's really cool. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. I think we will move into our final questions that we ask every guest. And the first one is, where is your favorite place to run in New York? The Bronx. <laughs> Where, where in the Bronx? Specifically, yeah. Um, there's a mm -hmm. reservoir around Kingsbridge and Jerome. That's kind of where I live. So it's a really nice reservoir. There's no cars to stop you or anything. Um, there, and of course, Nomad's headquarters, um, Woundsbridge Oval. Of course, there as well. Shouts to Nomad's. Amy? I... Well, because I moved before COVID hit, um, my favorite running spots have shifted. So I actually really love Putnam Trail and Van Cortlandt Park. I mean, if anyone gets a chance to run through Van Cortlandt Park, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, but Pelham Bay has my heart. Pelham Bay Park. It is the largest park in all of New York City. It's larger than Central Park. It's very green, it's huge. You have Orchard Beach, it's right off the city island. There are tracks, there's a tennis court, basketball court. Anyways, it's, it's to be explored for anyone that hasn't explored it. It's absolute, it's like one of my favorite places to run. And shockingly, I love running to Randall's Island and running back. It's about a half marathon for me, so I don't do it a lot, but it is really a fun run to do. What's your ideal day look like in New York City from start to finish? Favorite spots to hit? Where, where are you taking us on this perfect day? Assuming, you know, this is post-COVID, we're back to normal to what things were. Everything's open, indoor seating, whatever. <laughs> My, a non-perfect day would be me going to the beach and having ceviche from the cevicheria. Um, and the Rockaways off of Beach 98. I don't know if they're open, but if they are, please support them. They're amazing, best Peruvian restaurant um, in Queens. Um, then, you know, coming home and having frozen margaritas in Harlem. Um, I love going to um, Jatanga, <laughs> which is right next to Shrine in Harlem, and having all their margaritas. Like, can only be two max. And then just coming home and just hanging out i i am super chill when it comes to like having the perfect day but if you give me the beach a little bit of margarita and some delicious food i am a very happy girl that sounds awesome um perfect day i wake up on time because the nomads has virtual fitness classes every day at eight o'clock so well it was every day and then now it's Monday to friday 
I, I have to wake up early because I start them. So when I'll start them, no one can join the Zoom. So I always set my alarm clock to wake up, uh, do a workout. Um, from there, eat a smoothie bowl. Pretty perfect. Maybe a side bowl, but you know, I'm lucky. Um, perfect day. I like to be outdoors. Um, so either walking around the botanical gardens, um, walking around or biking. Um, I'm not running right now because I sprained my ankle being silly. So maybe if I could run. Um, but when I have something active, um, food-wise, um, I really like cooking. So COVID, as crazy as it is, I started cooking more. Like today, I made a Vietnamese sandwich. Um, everything was from scratch, except for the bread. So <laughs> my ancestors are very proud. Um, so maybe making something by myself at home, perfect day, hanging out with um, one of my favorite people, organizer Monica, Monica Vargas. Um, we also like to cook things together. So I'm vegan. That's why it's little. I'm vegan. She's vegan. I don't know anyone else that's vegan in the Bronx. So we like to cook together and recipe test. Like we made a um, vegan bacon egg and cheese and it was really good. But last Friday we made a uh, raw zoodles and I don't really like that raw. Like I'm not, I'm a vegan, but I'm not like go raw. And Monica's <laughs> like, I'm doing raw gifts. Again, Monica's an organizer and I'm like, all right. So we always cook at least once a week. So I was like, um, do you want to make something raw? Like me, I'll support your raw gifts. But I wasn't excited. I was just trying to be supportive. And so I came over and we, we made it and it was really good. I was like, well, maybe I should go raw. Maybe these raw people <laughs> on Instagram are, are serious on YouTube. Like they're very real. And we fed it to one of our other good friends. And he's like, this is one of the best things I ever ate. And we're like, what? <laughs> um, but from that, like, very, like, I think, I think cause I don't work right now. My life is very random. So like, yeah, I love a smoothie bowl. I'll go walk around somewhere, hang out Monica, cook something. But then like last, at that raw dinner, one of our friends was like, sorry for showing, for showing up late. Um, let me buy you lunch, raw lunch tomorrow. And we're like, let's go to Maine. And we went to Maine. Wow. <laughs> That's why like, perfect day is like, that, that was a perfect day. Like I woke up, I worked out. I made a smoothie bowl, an acai bowl, and I walked around, and then I did. I walked around. The this was actually last Friday, the Taco Gardens. <laughs> then went to Monica's, made the raw dish, and we we're like, let's go to Maine. And we bought the Airbnb at 11 p.m. that day and went to Maine for the weekend. Like that's that was a really great day because it's just like random, cooking, hanging out with my favorite people, walking around. Um, yeah, that was really long and winded, but. No, I, that's great. Spontaneous. Yeah, awesome. That's funny. I don't think we've ever had a guest that's like, oh, I, my perfect day was last week. It was great. <laughs> it was um, perfect, yeah. I mean, like, even today, same thing. Like, woke up, had a smoothie, walked around, made food. Living your best life. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, next question is, what is your favorite place for a slice? And hopefully there is a vegan place in mind. <laughs> Michelle. I can't have cheese, so I'm super limited on slices. Um, but um, there's a pizza spot. I actually chased a couple of friends that were running a half from the Bronx to Brooklyn 
like two months ago and we stopped and got a, a pie in Brooklyn, right? I can't even think of the name of the pizza shop. It's a famous one, guys. It's right next to, it's in Dumbo. What's the oh, name Grimaldi's. of it? Grimaldi's. Grimaldi's. And I asked her, can you ask them to make half of a pizza pie with no cheese, sauce, pepperoni, and basil? And they didn't like blank. They're like, sure. It was the best pizza I have ever had. And I have not been able to have like really good pizza in a really, really long time because I can't have dairy. But um, I would say that Grimaldi's is like number one on my, my places to go. They don't do slices. You got to get a whole pie, but I will eat a whole pie by myself. <laughs> yeah, their crust is, I don't know, their crust, whatever is really good. Um, for the vegans, there's something called Screamers in Brooklyn, and it's in Crown Heights as well. It's in uh, Williamsburg and Crown Heights. It has so many flavors. It's not just like, oh, here's some sauce and some veggies. Like, it has so many flavors. Um, it's very, it's kind of expensive, but that's really good if you want to try it. Both you, one day when you leave Colorado, you want to try it. And also, um, Van Loon's next door, so if you don't like the pizza, you can go there, eat the ice cream. That's very popular. Popular, but it's pretty good for vegans awesome i'll definitely add that to my list leanne i think has gone plant-based so i'm still on on a pizza kick um all right final question is sort of because everyone needs something like this nowadays what's one thing that made you laugh this week you know you have those friends who always like send you like memes and like dumb things on the internet um, those friends keep doing it. If you don't have friends that do it, get some friends that do it. But it's seriously like the funniest and stupidest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like funny. It's like I'm just in there, just I'm just, I just laugh. Um, this weekend I was away. I went to Glen Falls um, house. If you've never been, I highly recommend it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and on my way back, I was obsessed with stopping at a farm stand that had. Um, cider donuts and we couldn't find it because I never like tagged it I never got the name we were just like want we were literally driving around want like randomly for an hour and um I like tagged a farm I was like maybe it's this farm and we're driving I was like oh maybe it's that one just because when I'm driving I don't remember things but I was on the passenger side being a passenger driver um which is really annoying um and friends like is that it I was like I don't know but Papa Yui she's like we're not allowed to I was like there's no state troopers just Papa Yui and she talked <laughs> we got there I was like oh my god that was it and it was just like the fact that we drove around for an hour and a half in the Catskills there's only like three routes there if you've never been um and found it magically was just like it just made me laugh, but it was also like wonderful because I was able to get my cider donuts and cider, apple cider juice. And then I got a chocolate chip muffin because why not? And a peach butter and, you know, tomatoes and a whole bunch of amazing vegetables. And then I was asking the guy on the side, I'm like, um, are those melons still good? Are you throwing them out? He's like, no, nah, you can grab them. <laughs> so I just took two huge melons that they were about to compost. Hey, they were so great, you know. It's, they're just not that pretty. So I took them. <laughs> they were free. Um, and I don't say no to free. So I would say, like, just being in good company and just 
being able to just do things sporadically is always amazing. That sounds like a perfect day. (laughs) The main thing, I don't want to sound like some weirdo, like it means, but I think um, celebrating your friends. I think um, not just being with them and getting donuts with them, you know, but I think just celebrating your friends because like, like a lot of my good, like one of my best friends lost his job because of, you know, COVID. And um, just being very supportive because then he was like, all right, so I'm gonna cook from my backyard and sell food because he's a Michelin star chef. And, and they're named Broke Ass Cooks. Shout out to Broke Ass Broke Broke Cooks in Oakland. And they are selling out. And I was just like, I'm so proud of you. You know, like, you know, because if I didn't have a job, I would be, so I don't know what I would be right now. You know, like, I can't even imagine having a job. That's a privilege for me. So like, just being so supportive of your friends um, with that, but also friends who are, you know, people lost a lot during this time. So just asking like, are you okay? How's it going? Um, you know, just checking in with people. But again, I think celebrating your friends and just a simple, I'm proud of you. I think it means the world to people. Um, and so other than, you know, funny memes, tell your friends you're proud of them, whatever milestone they do. I think that's very important during this time. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to Chris and I. Um, and thank you for what you're doing for the running community and for the Bronx. Thank you so much for having us. I really thank you for reaching out and thank you for celebrating this and for highlighting us. Yeah, thank you for highlighting runners from the Bronx too. Because when Nova came on, everyone's like, hey, Nova's on. Nova. People were very excited about that. <laughs> um, so I was like, hey, you know, Nova made it, <laughs> you know, in the, in the running, like, you know, he's, he's talking about the Bronx. I think more people need to talk about the Bronx. So thank you so much for doing this. I'm proud of you too for keeping this up during Corona, doing it via Zoom since you can't do a podcast. But um, thank you so much. We appreciate it. You're putting us on the map next year, <laughs> all over the place. Thanks to this podcast. We're going to be like reaching everywhere. They're going to have a prem run and freaking like Arizona, Arizona prem run. So thank you so much for having this. Thank you. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Many thanks to Michelle and Amy for chatting with us. A reminder, if you're feeling generous and want to keep the podcast coming, we've got t-shirts and hoodies that you can purchase to support the show. You can show your love for the podcast by hitting the merch tab on SidiousMag.com and picking up some gear. The link is also included in the show notes. We also appreciate it when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or shout us out in your Instagram stories. This helps new people discover the show, plus it lets us know that you're still listening. Well, that does it for this episode. I'm your host, Leanne Sherrick, and on behalf of my co-host, Chris Chavez, we'll see you again soon.